Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 23 from Delving into Islam Q&A. This is your host Wa'il and it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. Now, speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Also, if you want to keep up with the release dates, uh, or you know, whenever we go on a break, uh, or the episode titles ahead of time, then uh, you know you can follow me on Instagram at Delving Into Islam Podcast. Again, Delving Into Islam Podcast for all the upcoming announcements. Uh, now, Delving Into Islam Q and A is a shorter version of the the regular podcast. You know, the regular uh, full length topic podcast where I directly answer your questions. And today's question comes to us from Salman. Salman, uh, thank you so much for your question. And Salman is is he is originally from Syria and he lives in Texas, in the U.S. And Salman's story is uh, now without I'm not going to get into the details of the story. It's Salman has a quite of a tragic uh, story, and may Allah subhanahu wa taala keeps him you know steadfast and you know gives him all the strength in the world. But he has a tragic story with his mother and. To make the long story short, um, Salman has been not having a good relationship with his mother. His mother, from again, this is this is from Salman's perspective. From uh, we don't know the actual situation, but from what Salman uh, told me in the email, she's just not a good uh, person. Uh, she did a lot of bad things to the family, to the father, to the children. He has two siblings. And she's not been just a good role model. She has not been a good mother. Uh, and she separated from his dad. And uh, he basically, the dad told him a few things about uh, his mother that she did, and which made Salman take the side of his dad immediately. And it's not like it's, it's he said versus she said. It's It's not that. It's. Basically, the mother doesn't care. She, from her actions, you can tell that she's not a good person. Uh, and again, I don't know the situation. I'm just telling you uh, the story from Salman's perspective. And so, yeah, basically, th- th- this is the story. Now, there are a few things. First of all, Salman is asking, should he uh, still talk to his mother? Every time he ta- tries to connect with her, have a relationship with her, it ends up fighting. She ends up cursing him out. She actually even called the cops on him and his dad before claimed, you know, she, she had like false allegations against him. Uh, the other two siblings, they took the mother's side because they were, they were too young. They didn't know the actual truth about their mother. And it's, again, it's a whole big tragedy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, make it easy on, you know, all parts involved, you know, guide those who need to be guided and gives patience to those who needs, uh, who need patience. Um, so anyway, Salman uh, said one of the things is that uh, he wants to know, should he still try to talk to his mom and keep in touch? Now, the second question affects the first one. So he, the first question is, do I need to still try to talk to my mom? I would have said yes. 
the problem comes when he mentioned or he asked the second question or he told me the second part of his question. Now, Salman has been f- experiencing weird things. Uh, he met his mother, I believe. Uh, the last time he met his mother, he came back and he started, again, from what I understood, experiencing physical uh, abnormalities, um, stomach ache, He's not. he feels down all the time, he doesn't feel good, and it's been happening for a while now, for a long time. Uh, he's been hearing voices, he's been hearing you know, whispers, he was fired from one of his jobs because of that, because he's not feeling well physically and mentally now. And he was told by his grandmother that, you know, most likely the mother was seen going to one of those who make uh, black magic, and which is called Sihr. And, uh, and he believes, now he went to doctors, and the doctor said, you're, you're, you're good. There's nothing wrong with you. We, they did the diagnosis, all these things, and nothing was wrong with him physically. Apparently on you know all the scans, nothing. Blood tests, I'm assuming, all these things, nothing. He's good. In the side of doctors and the medicine, he has nothing to complain about. But he feels that. He is in pain. And he said that, you know, uh, when when he's in, like reciting Quran, only when he's around, you know, like uh, when he's reciting Quran or where there's like Quran present, he feels better. But on, normal, on a normal day, like going to work, he feels really terrible. Again, physical pain, mental, like people calling him his name. He looks around. He mentioned a story about one time he had his keys for work. He went to work. He, he was like 100% sure that he had his keys in his pocket. He looks in his pocket. He doesn't find the keys. Causing problems at work. All these things. So there have been weird things happening. And again, there was some sort of a witness, if you want to call, uh, you know, his grandmother. I believe it was his grandmother. Again, I, I don't remember exactly the, uh, the, the, the the detail. But again, that his mom might be involved. You know, they, they have a fight. She doesn't like him because he took his dad's side. And she put a spell on him. And uh, that's basically this. So now he wants to know how to handle this because this is ruining his life, literally ruining his life. So let me start now again. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, your, your question. Thank you so much for, you know, reaching out and man, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you, increase your knowledge and cure you from whatever you're complaining about. And, uh, so I want to get a few things clear before I answer this question. First of all, black magic exists. It's not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. Black magic exists. It's actually mentioned in the Quran numerous times. Sihr, the word sihr is magic, which is aka black magic. That that's what the scholars interpreted. It's black magic. And from the description of the Prophet, it is black magic. So what is black magic? It's any it's real magic that is made by jinn, by communicating with the jinn. So if you communicate with the jinn, you can that's why the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. If you communicate with the jinn, you are a disbeliever. You are a disbeliever. So basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, 
if you because we know that evil jinn who are aka shayateen the devils well, those are the evil jinn because we know that they are good jinn right but if you seek the help of evil jinn to do black magic to curse someone to put a spell on someone that is by the way wallah it's not a myth it's there it's real i know a lot of people who suffered this in real life they were completely damaged by weird things now we're not talking about supernatural like the movies no you will feel physical pain you will feel mental pain you will separate actually there are a lot of black magic with the purpose of separating someone from his wife or someone from her husband and it works you know um uh, one of the local imams he was talking about a story that someone came to him and told him that he believes that there was something that you know a black magic spell that was cast on him because uh, he went to the doctors, said nothing. He was feeling weird. And then his wife, out of nowhere, wanted a divorce. They were happily couple. When they asked her, she just said, I can't stand him anymore out of nowhere. I just can't stand him. What, did he do something wrong? No. I don't know, and I don't want to live with that guy anymore. He did nothing wrong to me, but I can't live with him. It's real, my dear brother and sister. This is a real thing. I, I heard the story from um, one of my friends. Uh, he told me that he know a guy who, again, uh, someone put a spell on him. And uh, this is, wallah, it's not fairy tales or it's not like a bedtime story. These are real things. And that friend was, first of all, uh, started to, like his sweat would smell so bad that people around him would just run away. He would go take showers, stay in the shower for hours you know, scrubbing his body with all, you know, the kind of soaps you would imagine. Nothing. Nothing worked. And again, it's all, it's it's there. There are evil people in the world who would use black magic to uh, simply uh, harm other people. This is mentioned in the Quran. Like, I'm going to give you an example. In the chapter of Baqarah, verse number 102. واتبعوا ما تتلو الشياطين على ملك سليمان وما كفر سليمان ولكن الشياطين كفروا يعلمون الناس السحر وما أنزل على الملكين ببابل هاروت وماروت وما يعلمان من أحد حتى يقول إنما نحن فتنة فلا تكفر I'm going to explain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent two malaks two, two angels Harut and Marut this is in the chapter of Baqarah again, verse number 102. And they were sent as a test for the people, the children of Israel, to those people. Now, they said, we're going to teach you sihr. We're going to teach you black magic. However, if you want to learn black magic, you will disbelieve immediately. This is, that's why we know if you try to communicate with the jinn in any way, shape, or form, you are a disbeliever. From this verse and actually multiple hadith from the Prophet because, again, performing black magic takes you out of the fold of Islam. You're not a Muslim anymore. You're a disbeliever in the sight of Allah. And if you die upon that, then you are literally spend eternity in hellfire. Now, so the people came. The, again, the angels, they were, they were just a test for, uh, for those people. They said, hey, we can teach you magic. But if you want to learn magic, if you say yes to this, you, are, you, you will be disbelievers. That's it. Done. And then... 
now why is the uh, prophet sulaiman is mentioned in this in this verse because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subdued the the jinn to prophet sulaiman look at this prophet sulaiman had jinn working for him by the command of allah now people would say oh you don't want us to communicate with the jinn but prophet sulaiman communicated with the jinn they worked for him so allah is saying Devils will whisper in your ears. Hey, Prophet Sulaiman used to communicate with the jinn. So why can't you? So Allah is saying, Sulaiman never disbelieved because Allah allowed this. Allah made the jinn listen to Prophet Sulaiman. But you, if you do it, you're a disbeliever because you follow the disbelievers from the jinn, which is the shayateen. They try to teach people black magic, sihr. So Allah sent the two angels to tell the people, you can learn, but I will tell you how to do it. But if you do it, you are a disbeliever. And they said, Look at this. This is the most explicit test by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah told the angels to tell people that they are a test. They said, The angels said, Harut and Marut. They said, that's their names, by the way. They said, we are a test. We're nothing but a fitna. We are a test for you. Do not disbelieve. Please do not disbelieve. You have the choice. We can do it. But please don't do it. We're just a test for you guys. Guess what? Unfortunately, look what Allah said. Well, many, many of the people, the children of Israel, they went to Harut al they said, we don't care. We want to learn black magic. And they use black magic to harm other people, to harm their enemies, the people that they didn't like. They literally use black magic to separate between a husband and a wife, to destroy a family. Subhanallah. This is key now. This is still verse number one, uh, 102. Now, you, they cannot harm anyone except from a permission from Allah. Allah could allow it. No one would harm you against Allah's will. We all know that. We talked about this uh, when we talked about destiny. Now, we know that this is, hundred. this is, first of all, a major sin. Second of all, it takes you out of the fold of Islam. Communicating with the jinn uh, or dealing in black magic. So, what I'm going to say First of all, for the mother. I want to address the mother first. Fear Allah. Fear Allah. Now, I don't know the mother. I don't know, you know, again, most likely, 100%, she doesn't even listen to this and she won't hear this. But I'm talking to anyone else who is in that position. Fear Allah. You can communicate with the jinn all you want. You can ask someone on your behalf to communicate. By the way, the mother herself maybe did not communicate with the jinn directly. She went to someone who does, which is what we call the magician, the true magician, the one who does the black magic. 
that's the one who and then that one will ask the jinn to do certain things if he gets paid well enough right fear allah first of all you disbelieve by the way you're doing it directly or indirectly you are a disbeliever in the sight of allah again you're telling someone to do black magic on your behalf to do whatever you want them to do you're still a disbeliever by the way that does not exempt you it's not like the the, the magician or the 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 contact person is the only disbeliever. No, you too, because you're using black magic. You're a disbeliever as well. You're a disbeliever as well. Fear Allah. Fear Allah. Imagine you're a disbeliever. Imagine spending your eternal life in the hereafter in hellfire. For what? Grudge? Hate? Or even if you use black magic to get something that you want. You don't trust in Allah? You don't believe in Allah? You don't believe in dua? You're going to do to let jinn do it for you? Guess what? Jinn will always take permission from Allah. Like I like I told you, nothing the jinn will give you. Nothing that does not fall under the will of Allah. Allah has to allow it. So are you really not that smart? You're you know, you're really <laughs> I don't know what to say. You're really because hear me out if i want a house let's say i want a house a specific house if i'm not too smart i just don't want to say the other word i don't want to call people you know names but like i just want to say if i'm not smart enough to not make like let's say i just refuse to make dua to allah and then i go to someone to talk to a jinn for me to do black magic so i can cast a spell on whoever the owner of the house whatever to get the house also Allah allows that but like so you're going through Allah in both cases you just chose the haram way Allah has to allow both cases so you refuse to make dua to Allah to have your life better to make your life better to make your relationship with your children better to make you better to get you what you want in a better way in a halal way and you choose the haram way which also Allah allows. The difference is, Allah allows it, but you will be punished for it. You're really not that smart? You're choosing the terrible way? It's not just haram. You get out of the fold of Islam. Really? Is it worth it? Is your hate worth it? Is that house worth it? Is whatever you want worth it? To leave your religion? People are dying out there to find the truth, to become Muslims. And you're just like that? Throwing it out of the window? Fear Allah. This is my message to anyone who tries to use black magic. And I know there's a lot, by the way. A lot of people all over the world, they use black magic. Fear Allah. If you got what you want in this life, rest assured you will be punished for every bit of it in the hereafter. Now, for the victims, this is for those who are using the black magic, those who are oppressors, what we call them oppressors. Now, let's talk about the victim, someone like Salman, brother Salman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again cure you from this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala get you out of the situation. And again, first of all, I want to tell the, any victim of black magic, you have to first seek medical help. Once you make sure that 
you're you're physically good, medically good. There's nothing wrong with you. Then we start talking about black magic. But if you're sick or if you believe that you uh, someone cast a spell against you and you're a victim of black magic without actually going to a doctor, without seeing even mental health. We're not talking just about physical. If you mentally are hearing voices and whatever, but then you go to a doctor and then they have a good explanation for it, then please do not say that it's black magic in the first place. Do what you have to do. Go to doctors. Seek the, This is what Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to do. Seek the means. Go. Not everything is black magic. Not everything is possession by the jinn. Not everything is that. Like I said, in, in I, I believe when we're talking about in a series of the of the jinn, when we're talking about possession, you have to seek medical help first. If medicine says you're, there's nothing, there should be anything wrong with you, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, if you go to like a psychiatrist or so, there's nothing wrong with you. We did all the scans. You're good. We don't know what you're talking about. Then, first of all, you go to an imam, a local imam, someone that you could physically and in person talk to, and. Tell them the story. And inshallah, seek their help. And now I'm going to tell you how to, inshallah, do it. But again, seeking someone with knowledge in person makes all the difference in the world. Now, if you have been inflicted with black magic, a spell, first of all, how to prevent that from happening in the first place? It's very simple. Athkar, the remembrance of Allah. We have something called the morning remembrance, the morning athkar. Athkar means remembrance of Allah. So you have the morning athkar. You have the evening athkar. If you say this every day, by the way, alhamdulillah, I, I, I try my best. I, I, I'm not perfect at it, but I try my best to say the morning athkar, the evening athkar, which is remembering Allah. There are a few du'as. By the way, it's all over the internet. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. You can actually hear it and recite it after. Like I, I, I listened to it with the uh, Imam or Sheikh Mashari, Mashari Afasi. Uh, again, there are multiple uh, reciters of Quran and Athkar are out there on YouTube. You're going to find thousands of videos to basically compile all the Athkar, all the du'as, all the chapters that you should read. It takes 20 minutes, by the way. And if you hear it every morning, inshallah, you'll be able to memorize it. By hearing it and listening to it is the same, inshallah, for those who don't understand English. Uh, I mean, who don't understand Arabic, who don't understand the Quran. It's the same. It should, inshallah, uh, uh, help you. And you should know the meaning. Again, there are the interpretation is out there everywhere. Athkar. Morning athkar or morning remembrance of Allah. And you have the evening ones. So the morning ones, they protect you throughout the day. The evening ones protect you throughout the night and then you go back and you recite that so that is the first thing to prevent you from being hit with a black but remember allah said no one will inflict you with any harm unless allah allows it and allah will protect you once you remember him so allah will you have to understand allah is the only one who provides protection he's the only one who provides protection rest assured now Another thing is, before you go to bed, and I say this a lot on the podcast, recite the chapter, not the chapter, my bad, the verse of Kursi. Recite the verse of Kursi. It is the verse that's hated, it's hated by evil jinn. Hated by them. They just fly away from whatever the place that you're at. It's one of the most, again, the, by the way, the whole chapter of Baqarah is a chapter that the jinn really, the evil jinn, the shayateen, the devils hate the most. 
So that's why when you recite it, it protects you. But if you cannot recite, because it's the longest chapter in the Quran. So if you cannot recite the whole thing, recite the Ayatul Kursi. I'm going to tell you actually a few verses of different chapters to recite that are specifically addressed to cure black magic and protect you from black magic. Okay, so again, recite before you go to sleep the Ayatul Kursi. At night, when you pray Isha time or just at night in general, in evening, like after, you know, after Maghrib time, try to recite the last two verses of the chapter of Baqarah. To the end of the, it's two verses. They are a little bit long, not, not that long, but they're like, it takes what, two minutes to recite the whole thing. Two minutes. The last two verses of the chapter of Baqarah. Recite those with the verse of Kursi, and inshallah, you shall be protected along with the Afkar. And read Quran, remember Allah, pray, get closer to Allah. When you, the, the closer you are to Allah, the more protected you will be by angels. Imagine, you have angels that will protect you from your front, your back, your both sides, and on top of you and below you. Imagine this, you have a whole entourage of angels protecting you, bodyguards. Just get closer to Allah, that's all. So that is to prevent it in the first place. Now, for those who are already inflicted by it, first of all, you have to have the intention. Know that Allah is the only one who would protect you. Know that Allah is the only one who will protect you. And recite. start reciting certain... Now, first of all, make dua every time you pray. And even for those who were not inflicted with it, and they, they want to prevent yourselves from being inflicted with black magic, make dua that Allah would always protect you from the evilness of jinn and human beings. I always say this. Allahumma qina min shayateen al-insi wal-jinn. The shayateen, the devils of the jinn and the devils of the human beings. Now, start reciting in Fatiha, by the way. Any, anything of the Quran, by the way, Quran in general is protection and it's a cure for uh, you know black magic and whatever you have. Recite the chapter of Fatiha and like I said, recite the last two verses of the Al-Baqarah. And recite Ayat al-Kursi always. Now, the, the, by the way, there's nothing wrong because there is a practice out there. And all this, the unanimous consensus of the scholars that this, this works. You can recite all these things that I'm about to tell you. And recite them. Have a, 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 a big like jug of water. Recite them. And then drink that water. By the way, it's not, again, it's not fairy tales. It's not weird rituals. This is allowed in Islam. Okay, this is allowed by the unanimous consensus of the scholars. You can do this, or you could actually recite this on a big bucket of water and take a, sh- a bath with it, a shower with it. Again, these two, these things work. Reciting Quran, so let me be clear: reciting Quran just like that works. If it doesn't work, if you have something from the insides, whatever, you can recite it on water. Drink that water. It's halal, hundred percent. There's no bid'ah in that. There's no innovation of that. This is recommended by the unanimous consensus of the scholars. So uh, again, so these are the ways that you could just recite, pray more, make dua more, or do it in water. Whether you drink it or you bathe in it, it's up to you. Uh, now, uh, so we said that Fatiha. Ayatul Kursi, the last two verses of the chapter of Baqarah. And, and actually, like I said, the, the verse 102, like we just said from Al-Baqarah, to the end of the verses, right? And you have uh, also uh, the verse of Isra, uh, in the chapter of Isra, verse number 82, chapter of Isra, verse number 82. 
saying we bring down Quran to cure the believers mentally, physically. You know what I mean? So that is also the chapter of Isra verse number uh, verse number 82 Also the chapter of Shu'ara Verse number 80 This is the dua of Prophet Ibrahim When I'm inflicted with any sickness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who cures me So again There are many chapters of the Quran You know like uh, The chapter of Mu'minun I believe uh, Verse number 97 and 98 وَقُلْ رَبِّ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ هَمَزَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ رَبِّ أَنْ يُحْضَرُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also telling you seek refuge, say أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ all the time. So there is again a lot of verses that you could use. Recite Quran, just recite Quran, recite what you know. Whether you're familiar with or if you're not, just listen to them and repeat after them. And inshaAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now while you're doing that, with whatever method you choose, Rest assured that Allah will cure you. Because some might say, well, why would Allah, some people, some Muslims, they are still inflicted with black magic or, you know, mental. Now, there are certain illnesses that Allah inflict you with and you might stay with it for the rest of your life. But we're talking about black magic because you do not believe. Those who are inflicted with black magic do not believe that Allah is the cure. They just believe that the person who did that is the one who's going to, you know, should uh, do the spell, like should undo the spell. Like they believe that if you find the person who did the black magic, they will un- they, they have to undo the spell for you, which is true. However, Allah, without finding anyone, can cure you simply and easily. Allah can cure you. Allah, If Allah wants, Allah will cure you. Just ask him to cure you. You know what I mean? Ask Allah. Have a relationship with Allah and inshallah you shall be uh, cured Now that brings me to the first question Now I hope this answers your question regarding that Inshallah I'll make dua for you all Everyone here please make dua for brother Salman That Allah will cure him Inshallah and do this And Inshallah with time Be patient You have to be patient Inshallah you will be cured However Responding or answering your first question In this case If your mom truly If it is If it is almost certain That your mom did this to you it is better to stay away from her because she is literally damaging you. Like you wouldn't tell someone who rapes his own children, you don't tell the children, oh, you can be okay with your father. You don't say that. It's harmful and you should stay away from... Now, there are certain scenarios like this, that when the parents are abusive, they're physically harming you, they're mentally harming you, stay away from them. Make dua for Allah to guide them. And that is that. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again, cure you and every believer out there who is inflicted with any type of harm. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.